It's the right time for Western Oklahoma. This, uh, this morning, we're real happy to have uh, Dr. Blake Badgett here, uh, who is a doctor here in the Weatherford area. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Welcome uh, to be on the program. Yeah, appreciate it's it. It's always good. I was just talking to Mustafa asked me how long I'd known you, and I, it's been a long time. It has been a long you time. You were in high school when yeah, I first did. met you. Yeah, you're exactly. I think I was probably 16 or 17 when you guys moved to Weatherford. So, so yeah. And you've been here uh, uh, yeah. pretty much all the time except for during med- uh, medical school. Yeah. I graduated from Weatherford High in 1990 and, and then uh, went to Southwestern and then medical school in 95 and then came back in 2000 and, uh, 20, 2002. So I've been here 21 years again as a practicing physician. It's amazing because I I told Mustafa I started going to you uh, when I first when you first moved here. So yeah. Anyway, it's uh, time goes by fast when you're having fun. <laughs> yes, it does. He also said you were in diapers and not high schools. So. <laughs> I, he was in diapers or I was. Oh wow. <laughs> Are you now? No, he no. Not, hopefully not for a while. <laughs> hopefully not for a while. <laughs> so. Um, Dr. Badgett, uh, we're talking a little bit about uh, th- this time of the year. It's getting close to winter, fall. What do you recommend to people? Uh, what do they need to do to get ready for the winter? Well, you know, winter time brings us uh, a lot more viral exposures, um, and so we've got to try to prevent that. And we learned from from COVID that if we uh, really wash our hands and uh, cover our coughs, um, and that we you know eat healthy and uh, try to exercise that we can in, in boost our immune system. I do recommend that patients try things like vitamin C and maybe even consider vitamin D and zinc uh, as good nutritional supplements. But, you know, just good nutrition, good exercise, and uh, plenty of rest are big things to try to help uh, keep your immunity uh, good for the winter months. So, you know, it's one of those things that you kind of think about, particularly as you get older. Because because some of these things can can hit you pretty hard. Yeah, uh, you know the flu is uh, you know commonly it affects the elderly and the young uh, more than uh, the middle aged population. So yeah, as we age, it's very important you consider those things. You know, you knew my dad, and and uh, he told me one time, and I've gotten the flu shot ever ever since then. But he said he got the flu really bad. It's down for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And he said, after that, I took a flu shot every year because he said, I didn't want to get down like that again. Right. Even if you're younger. Yeah. The flu shot's a very effective way to help uh, counteract the uh, influenza virus. Um, and it's something that, you know, as a person who's 50 years above, should really seriously concern or really seriously consider taking every year uh, to help prevent the, the flu from occurring. Now, that's a, they kind of guess a little somewhat. I mean, it's a scientific guess of what, what flu uh, strain. Strain, strain will come out. Uh, right. And then they make the shot, uh, to fit the shot accordingly. Sometimes it doesn't always hit the target. Yeah. Some years is better than others. Um, it does convey immunity. Uh, so that's why we do recommend you go ahead and get it every year no matter what. Uh, but you're exactly right. Each year, the scientists look to see what the flu strains were from the previous year. They also look to see kind of what's rearing its ugly head in other places like um, Australia and Asia. And then they formulate the, uh, the flu uh, vaccine. And uh, typically, the flu vaccine is made up of about four different t- types of uh, flus that have occurred recently. Um, and it is. It's an educated guess. Uh, but sometimes they do very good and sometimes they don't. It, uh, you still can get the flu or even have a small version of the flu. Right. That's kind of what's uh, a misunderstanding with vaccines is that 
they're there to help you uh, form immunity. So you may not completely keep from getting it. It's just that you have some antibodies and immunity to it, and so it helps you keep from getting the severe form of the infection. So they're promoting right now this two-shot deal, uh, right. getting a flu shot and the COVID shot, the booster uh covid booster i guess uh at the same time what do you think about that is that something you're you're doing so in my office i don't have the capability of doing the, both vaccines just because of storage reasons but that has become really popular uh with uh, the vaccine population uh it is i mean if you're you know immune immunocompromised if you have if you're above 50 if you have heart disease if you have diabetes uh, asthma then you know getting those vaccines are going to be important to to do and it's a good time to go ahead and do both of them at the same time i had a, a question about the difference uh from what i understand the flu vaccines actually have some flu in it and then with the covid i was told that they it wasn't covid that they were introducing right so the flu vaccine the way it's produced is they actually in most cases they introduce flu virus into eggs um, and then the eggs uh, the, the flu virus will generate they take the flu uh, the, the RNA from the, uh, the egg shell the, the egg yolk that they've uh, uh, concocted uh, and then they denature it so they kill it um, and then they bake it into a vaccine those there are some vaccines out now that are cell produced that don't have any eggs in it so people who have allergies to eggs can get them whereas with covid vaccine is actually just a um, rna manufactured that's why they call it the mrna so there's actually no covid in it whatsoever it just so happens to be protein molecules uh, that your body will react to to make antibodies towards covid so, so there, that's controversial, the COVID shot, obviously. Uh, Robert Kennedy, you, by the way, Mustafa, you're going to be excited. He announced yesterday he's going to be he's changing to be an independent. How about that one? That, that won't work if you can't get in the primary. So. Well, it, but uh, he's, <coughs> but at any rate, that, he, I'm could, glad to he hear could that. be the independent in the yeah. general election. So. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, Robert Kennedy's <laughs> been a strong uh, yeah, person strong against, candidate. Yep. but he's been against the COVID. Yes, he has been. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, my my uh, cardiologist uh, is 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 opposed to them. Right. So there's obviously a controversy about that. What do you What do you think? Yeah, there's a big debate, and as we know, the you know vaccine came out kind of you know quickly and hastily, and it's still being you know studied. Uh, we have seen uh, a number of complications associated with the vaccine. Uh, I've had patients who've had immunocompromised um, situations, so they've, they've flared up things like autoimmune disorders. Uh, they've had some uh, cardiomyopathy associated with it. We've seen that more so with uh, young, healthy hearts. Um, and it has also increased patients uh, having blood clots. So it's not a, a, you know, a, a, a 100% um, perfect vaccine there's definitely some side effects associated with it but you kind of got to weigh the pros and cons um, and i I've, I've told patients you know again if you're you know older you know above 50 you have some underlying health issues then the vaccine's still something that's very uh, necessary but younger individuals i think you have to kind of weigh the benefits of of getting it versus the, the risk of getting it I saw something the other day about AFib as a result of, of right. uh, the COVID shot. Is that something that's been out there, or have you seen that? I have seen that, yeah. Mm-hmm. So with RSV, 
this seems to be something that's been around a while. Well, I saw an ad for the first time that I've seen it on television yesterday for RSV. So, that's a lung disorder, or could can be. So, right. Uh, for uh, particularly the elderly, are you are you giving that shot? So I have not been a real uh, supporter of that at this point in time. I'm still waiting for some more of the data to come out. Uh, you know, RSV is typically something that happens in infants, and it can be very severe. Um, typically, the two-month-olds to you know year, year and a half of age is what it affects, and it's a seasonal uh, virus, just like the uh, flu or COVID. So we typically see it in the fall. Um, but very rarely do we see it in adults. And so I'm a little leery at this point in time just to jump on that bandwagon. Um, I have had some patients who have gotten it. They've done well with it and haven't had any side effects. Uh, but yet again, it's one of those things you kind of have to weigh the pros and cons. I, I tell patients if you're around kids a lot and have a lot of exposure or if you have underlying uh, issues like asthma or are prone to pneumonia, then I would recommend that you get the RSV shot. So there are a lot of ads, on, on particularly on TV, even Facebook and radio, uh, advocating different types of medications for anything from diabetes to, to RSV, uh, flu shots, COVID shots. Shingles. Promoted, yeah, shingles, promoted by the manufacturers of these products. So does that affect your practice? Do you have people coming to you say, hey, I want to get this? You know, I I think in some ways it's a positive, but in some ways it's a negative. I think that it does educate people that there's some things out there that they can uh, ask about. Uh, But then the flip side is that, you know, I think it kind of skews people. They get an idea that this is what they need. Um, You know, most patients, when they come in and we sit down and we talk about uh, what their problems are and how to treat their health condition, I would say most people walk away going, okay, this is what I need and and don't really uh, rely on those uh, advertisements. But uh, it does make it somewhat difficult and sometimes because patients are just so adamant that they need this, this drug or that drug. And, you know, the not to say anything bad against advertisement, but it is biased. They're pushing a product. They're trying to sell something to make money. So you have to take that into consideration. Right. And and, and I will tell you this. I saw something advertised. I don't even know what it was, but after they told all the bad (laughs) side effects at the end of the commercial, which they have to do by law, I'm thinking, why would anybody take that? I mean, it's so so, so many side effects. Let me have the flu. I don't want the shot. because This is a great product, but you might die from it, you know? Exactly. 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 <laughs> We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to the right time for West Oklahoma. Dr. Blake Badgett, our guest on the program. The air we breathe shapes our health, even if we don't know it. But for many of us, the air we breathe is seriously hurting our health. One in five kids still lives with the dangerous effects of secondhand smoke, causing missed school from bronchitis, pneumonia, and even asthma attacks. But it doesn't have to be this way. Visit TobaccoStopsWithMe.com to learn more about the dangers of secondhand smoke and how to protect the air we all breathe. At BASF, we're constantly innovating. When others said, fungicides just can't last all season. We said, oh yeah, watch this. Then we invented Revilock fungicide. Powerful soybean protection that gets absorbed quickly, starts working fast, and lasts all season. It's... Everything everyone said wasn't possible. All new Revilock fungicide. That is how you do it. Always read and follow label directions. 
If you're looking for specialized nursing care for a loved one or if you're looking for an exceptional place to work, you will be pleased with Maple Lawn Manor's approach to care, compassion, and dedication. They offer physical, occupational, and speech therapy, as well as an open menu from their dietary department. Stop by and join us for a tour of our facility at 800 Arapahoe Street in Hydro. We have the highest facility ratings for care in the area, according to government sources. Maple Lawn Manor in Hydro. We celebrate life. Never follow. Take the lead this fall. Drive away in a new ride from Cummins and Weatherford today. The new 2023 Ford Expedition. The new 2023 Ford Explorer. The new 2023 Ford F-150. On the lot right now. Be a leader in your new 2023 Ford from the amazing Ford lineup. Unbelievable pricing. Easy financing. Great service. Best Ford experts in western Oklahoma. Cummins, Ford, Lincoln, and Weatherford. Just off I-40 and Airport Road. And online at CumminsFordWeatherford.com. Build Ford tough. Venture X from Capital One is the travel card for people always asking, where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. 21 minutes after 7 o'clock, you're listening to the right time for Western Oklahoma. Mustafa Saimi here this morning. And Dr. Blake Badgett, and uh, you've been practicing now 21 years. What's the biggest change you've seen? Uh, Of course, COVID was just a knockdown. But uh, what, what else have you seen that? that uh, really changed over the last 21 years? Oh, in the last 21 years, we've just seen just the changes in how uh, uh, insurance coverage is. That's been a big one. The, you know, the cost of insurance to the, to the uh, patients has been pretty immense. Uh, but I'd have to say COVID has really changed the, the face of medicine. We've lost a lot of, of uh, really good physicians have retired because of it. Um, and it's just uh, made it We've seen uh, nurses leave, the, and so our workforce is really down. Um, it's made it uh, more challenging for sure. You know, such a great field today at nursing. We, we've got a great nursing school at Southwestern. Yes, we do. And, um, man, I, I think if I was a young person interested in science, the nursing uh, would be a great direction to go. Oh, I mean, I think healthcare is an uh, is amazing place to be in. Uh, but it's also going to be a great from a financial standpoint because you're always going to have a job no matter where you want to go. And you mentioned nursing. There are so many avenues with nursing. You can be, you know, in hospice. You can be in, in you know, uh, the med surge department. You can work in surgery. You can do an OB. You, you can be in administration. So there's just so many avenues to be while you're a nurse. So you're you're a family physician, but you really kind of specialize also in pediatrics, well known for that. Yeah, I do. At really almost anything uh, from birth to grave. So, but I do really enjoy my pediatric population a lot. It's fun. Uh, to, I, I bet it's fun working with kids. It is fun to work with. Except kids. when you have to give them a shot, right? Well, that's the nurse's responsibility. But <laughs> yeah. yes, pass it on. <laughs> yes, exactly. all the nurses out there. We were talking about that earlier in the program. Whether you when you ever got a shot in your rear end? Yeah, that was in the arm. Well, I, most of the time we give them in the thigh, but I'm sure there's been some that have in been the got, thigh. In the thigh. Yeah. Wow, yeah. I haven't had that experience, but we did do the behind thing back years ago, long before yeah. your time. Mm-hmm. You know, does the, 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 you know, 
really shots aren't nearly as bad as they were when we were kids because the needles were not as good. Yeah, I, 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 kind of rugged. Yeah. Well, they did, they used the same ones. They sterilized them. Sterilized them. Oh no! But yeah, the same needles over mm-hmm. and over, and they have to be sharpened. And if you my get a, brother one time was getting the shot in in his rear end, and he actually pinched. Well, he flexed his muscle in a way it broke the needle. Yeah. And I thought, wow, that's interesting. I wanted to change the subject just a little bit in terms of uh, the Tri-Cities and the health care that's provided. A local hospital there in Clinton is to open again. How do you feel about that? Oh, I think it's great for Clinton. Uh, It's been a really big strain on Weatherford Hospital not having them open. So, you know, you have a population around 12,000 people that have been underserved. And you have a major event. You've got to drive to to Weatherford or Oak City, that puts the patient in, in uh, compromise. So, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that uh, Clinton is going to be able to be back open. I'm hoping they're open up. In the, I think they're supposed to open October 30th. Right. Um, so it's really I put a straight. strain. You're on the hospital board, right? I am, yeah. So it's put a real strain on uh, our emergency room particularly. Yeah, it has. Uh, and, it, and not only emergency room, but the ambulance service, too. There's just not enough, uh, you know, ambulances to, to transport those patients to and from. And uh, the number of uh, visits in the ER has gone up from average about 20 to 25 a day to down to 30 to 35 a day, which is pretty dramatic. Um, and so that makes wait time a lot longer. And, you know, the other hospitals around are, are over already over are already uh, overburdened and understaffed, so this is just makes things worse. So, with uh, you mentioned billing a few minutes ago, uh-huh. in, in terms of has that changed to the point where it's a struggle for a hospital to even exist these days? Yeah, it is. The financial reimbursement from insurance companies is really low, um, you know, and. Unfortunately, just the payments are not as good, and so the costs are up, and costs for nurses, costs for staff, and, and products are all increased. But then, yet uh, the reimbursement from you know things like Blue Cross Blue Shields and and Health Choice and and uh, Medicare, Medicaid are all down. So it makes it more of a challenge. So, how much do you your practice? What percent do you actually have someone coming in paying cash with no insurance and? Uh, uh, Medicare or Medicaid? Yeah, you know, I'll see anywhere from 30 to 50 patients a day, and probably one or two patients a day will be pay cash. So I would say it's less than 10%. So most people on one of those, either insurance, Medicare, or Medicaid. Yes. One of one of those three. And like you said, the reimbursements, you have to adjust those. And what's interesting to me, you raise the price, uh, but so you get a little lower, but then they reduce the benefit. Yes. And, and so as a result, the, the amount of money that's going out is considerably more than it used to be. Oh, yeah. So, we, I mean, we typically write off almost 60% of everything we bill. Isn't that crazy? So, that is. That's insane. And yet... What happened to the samples? I used to be able to go to my doctor and he'd give me a bag of pills that I could use for 90 days. Is that gone out? Well, the samples are still there. The problem is that the samples are, are more few and far between than they used to be. Um, I remember Dr. Flock, <laughs> who's the doctor I went to in town, had all kinds of samples. Yeah. You know, the salesman would come by and just dump all this stuff there, right? Yeah, the good old days. You know, when I first started practicing, uh, the, the drug reps were uh, abundant and uh, there were, you know, samples all over the place, but uh, we still get some samples. It just kind of depends on the, the type of medication, but they're not as prevalent as they used to be. So, uh, 
so so you we've well, talked about nurses. I just want to get this in. You have a two or three nurse practitioners working in your office. Are you seeing more of that across the the, the state in terms of nurses getting involved in as nurse practitioners? Yes, we are. I mean, you know, the entry level um, clinicians, uh, so the nurse practitioners and PAs are becoming more prevalent. Uh, there's just a a, a um, a loss of physicians. We've had retirement and people just not going into it. The cost of going to school is high, so you're just not seeing as many clinicians. And then, especially in the rural hospitals, uh, they just you can't get doctors to come out here. So the nurse practitioners and PAs have been really vital to this area. They're the, seeing nurse anesthetists. Uh, you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to do much surgery in Weatherford without that. Um, no, we are we are extremely blessed with uh, having the nurse nurses here we have in town. His name is Sandy Penner, and he's wonderful and fantastic. We wouldn't be able to to operate our, our surgery department without having those uh, you know especially nurses there. You see the nurse, you see anesthesiologists in the bigger cities, correct? Like Oklahoma City. And what was interesting when I was legislating, they fought any kind of effort to expand nurse anesthetists, but yet they won't come out to Weatherford or Clinton or Elk City. Yeah, I think Elk City might have and ask the audience they did at one time. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what they but, have, uh, but you're exactly right. I mean, without those, um, you know, mid-levels is what we call them, we wouldn't be able to operate for sure. What's, what's been the controversy lately pertaining to the PAs and uh, in terms of their rights to do it? I, I think some of the doctors were concerned about how much is too much. Well, you know, it's always everybody wants their own piece of the pie, um, and so uh, I mean, there's always been kind of some legislation, some discussion about how much is they're allowed to prescribe. So, like narcotics, and you know, we've made big pushes not only in Oklahoma but throughout the United States to try to limit narcotics. So, um, there's been some some dis- you know some legislation out there to try to get them to prescribe more. Not so much narcotics, but just for more prescribing rights. So uh, that's a big kind of real controversy at this point in time. Well, and I, I think you take a nurse that has uh, uh, four years of training plus the additional training to be uh, special specialized either as a practitioner, anesthetist, or other areas. Doctors have uh, twice that amount of time and, and internships and residencies that are required to get through med school. And I don't know, I had somebody say one time to me, and I think this made a lot of sense, that, that it's not that hard to do an appendectomy. You could teach almost anybody to do it, but it's what it's it's what happens when something goes wrong with the appendectomy that you where you want to, somebody knows what they're doing. Yes, you're exactly right. It's the complications associated with it. So they used to have that same thought about midwives. Yes, and and when they get in trouble, what do you do? Well, and you know, most and, and at the turn of the century, most babies were delivered by mid midwives. Lost a lot of kids. Yeah, real, and and mothers. Too. Yeah. Oh no, you're exactly right. I mean, most most deliveries. Uh, you know, I, I could teach a ninth grader to do a delivery, but the complications uh, associated with it, the need for emergency C-section, or the possibility of you know hemorrhage afterwards, is where you start having problems, and that's where the the trained professionals need to come in. Very good. Thank you for being on the show, taking time. To, hey. to run out here and be in the studio. Oh, you're welcome. Makes for, it much better. Thank you for having me. You bet. Dr. Blake Badger, by the way, you practice in the uh, the clinic that's located uh, just north of the hospital. That's correct. And, and you have nurse practitioners available, and you do take patients. I do. So just want to throw that out there. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, very good. Dr. Blake Badgett, MD, our guest on the program, specializing family medicine, particularly pediatrics. So thank you for being thank out you. here. 
Tune in every weekday at 6 a.m. for The Right Time with Harold Wright. Brought to you by Priority Home Medical Equipment on 99.3 News Talk KCLI.